Do they think? Oh, it's noon here in Ventnor City, New Jersey. And this is news that you can use from Courage for Thursday, August 24th, 2023. Uh, good to see you, handsome. I haven't seen you since uh, like Monday. Long time no see. Sorry. Yeah. have been out doing some travel. All good stuff. That being said, we're going to kick things off today, Dad. Banks are dumping auto loans. I've heard that somewhere. Banks are dumping auto loans. This is super interesting. The latest data. We talked about it. When did we talk about it? A couple days ago on one of the streams that we did. I don't know. We we do so few streams. We I do can't so few streams. I yes. can't keep track. Yeah. All right. Let me pull it up on the screen for everyone, and we can all take a peek together. Stand by. Here we go, Dad. JP Morgan, Wells Fargo, Citigroup, top auto ABS underwriters in the first half. H1 is how the cool kids say it. First half of 20. Really? H1. I am not a cool kid. H1 of 2023. Pops, we have seen deal yes. volume up nearly 25% year over year and 20% on a dollar basis. We're going to break this down very, very briefly. When banks sell loans yes. through dealerships, dealership gets buy rate, they can mark it up and they can you know, finance, uh, finance you at the dealership. That's indirect lending. The bank, so in this case, a JP Morgan, a Wells Fargo, a Citigroup, a Santander, a Deutsche Bank, an Ally, whoever it is, the actual underwriter, the person who's writing that loan. Yes. They then will bundle those loans together. Bundle. Bundle what's called the paper. And then they'll go to the to the markets, to the public markets, and they'll say, hey, does anyone want to buy these these securities? Is that like the Friday farmer's market in Ventnor? Yeah, it kind of is like <laughs> yeah. a farmer's market. And don't worry, folks, they're backed by, they're not backed by corporate you know, uh, income like a bond would be. They're not backed by a mortgage. They're backed by, in this case, the securitization of auto loans. What's happening, Dad, is we are seeing a meaningful 25 yes. and 20% on a unit and a dollar basis increase in the amount of auto loans that are being sold in these securitizations. These big banks, Dad, rather yes. than holding on to these loans that they've written, are handing them off to the next guy or gal. That, to me, is a bit of an alarm going off, saying they don't want to be caught holding the bag for all these auto loans that are eventually going to go delinquent, vehicles repossessed, et cetera. What do you make of it? I make I got to do more studying. I got to go back to school. You know, this, you have you have over the last three and a half years, you have introduced me to aspects of of our economy that I have limited or no knowledge of. Yeah. Asset backed securities other than when, I don't know, the world came to an end in 2008 with the collapse of all those major banks, um, 2007, 2008. I had no idea what we were talking about. The, the fact that, that banks write loans and then they sell, then they, those, loans. Th then they sell those loans for a, a, a lower percentage than what the value of those loans are so that whoever buys them, if they hold on to them, they can make all the money. They make up the, the, that the, difference. The difference. Um, is it, it – I, I guess the question in my mind – is it an alarm bell or is it just a way for the banks to have more money to lend, whether it be for homes or more autos I, or whatever? You could be honest. And I was talking to some of our credit union partners. There's a bit of a liquidity crunch going on right now yeah. in the credit union space. I don't know if that's the same for the large financial institutions, but they like don't have enough money to make all the loans. I don't want to be hyperbolic there. I mean, they have yeah. the money to make the loans, but they want more cash on hand to be able to make more loans. Yes. So you could be honest something. Maybe so, we're seeing more ABS deals as a result of that. The other could be dead. We've got the latest data from Cox Automotive. Yeah. The data from Cox Automotive is showing that auto loan uh, defaults have increased year over year, driving repos higher. 
yet both remain lower than pre-COVID levels. So maybe we're starting to see the leading indicators of a higher default, which means someone stopped paying on their auto loan and repossession, which means someone's stopped paying on their auto loan, their car, the collateral for the loan was repossessed. Maybe that could be driving some of the decision-making at these financial institutions to say, eh, you know what, we don't really want to hold on to these until maturity. We'll just cut our, we'll take whatever we've earned now and we'll get mm-hmm. Wash our hands, soap and water. We're good to go. Yeah, I, I and maybe maybe that's the case. Uh, but if if repossessions and defaults are are not above historic levels, and they're not, the, that's not depends, saying depends where you get your data. That's not saying that they haven't been rising. Mm-hmm. That the number of of auto loans that are late or defaulted has gone up dramatically, but not so dramatically that it has has surpassed historic norms. Um, So I want to agree with you in that statement, but there's another Cox automotive um, data source that they put out that literally says we've never seen auto loan delinquency rates higher than we've seen right now. And their data goes back to 2006. Then you read this and it says it's not even as bad as it was (laughs) pre-COVID. So what is it? And I got, I kind of took some slack over on Twitter, yeah, uh, or social media, as I yeah. like to call it. I took some slack because people took that clip of us saying, "Hey, auto, excuse me, Cox Automotive, why have you stopped providing weekly updates on auto loan performance?" Which they did do, yeah. And Cox Automotive responded back and said, "What are you talking about? We just put out new data, and that's the data I just shared on the screen." So thank you, Cox, for sharing it. But what I don't understand is how, in one slide, we can say that. Let me pull it back up on the screen. In one slide, we can say auto loan defaults have increased year over year, driving repos higher, yet both remain lower than pre-COVID levels. Yes. And if y'all give me, you're going to vamp on this for a second. We'll, we'll give you all the time you need. Um, because in my heart of hearts, I, I still believe that the reason that, that these large banks are selling off as much as their auto loans as they are, so that they can continue to make more, so that they have the cash on hand to make more. They make more money doing this than just sitting on the money. So if they can create or increase their loan portfolios because they keep selling off what they have, well, you know, then then this whole thing can perpetuate itself for a very, very long time. All right. So maybe what's happening here is some user error, folks, because I've gone back. This is from May, May 15th, months ago. And we have in one of these weekly updates, auto loan performance worse than a year ago, defaults still low. Yes. So we've got here of subprime loans, 6.8% were severely delinquent, down from 6.75% in March. Okay. Even so, that was the highest April severe delinquency rate dating back to at least 2006. So maybe we're maybe I'm misconstruing yes. delinquency, um, default, and repossession. Yes. So delinquency, I'm, I'm interpreting delinquency to mean severely delinquent is over 90 days without having made a payment. We could be looking at a different definition here of what default is. Default is someone has simply like said, I'm done paying the loan. Or so that it's what? been repossessed. No, because then you've got repossessions. That's what's confusing about this. Repossessions are their own metric and their own uh, measurement. So maybe we're splitting hairs here a little bit. But how? no matter how you look at it, Dad, you have an increase in banks saying, we're good. We made our loans. We made a bit of money on them. Now we're going to get rid of them. Mm-hmm. And you have rising delinquency default and repossession rates. All of that points towards, yes. especially when it's when it's combined with um, the black book data that we're going to talk about, all that points towards people not being able to get approved for, for loans, at least you'd imagine, and also people who were approved on those loans 
falling further and further behind. Unfortunately, their vehicles becoming repossessed and those becoming repossessed vehicles that are now back in the in the market as inventory for other consumers. And, you know, I've seen comments that suggest that repos are at astronomical levels. Um, and, and I know that um, the other day, Igor said that like 50% of what he's seeing at the sales these days are repos. Uh, I, I, you know, I don't know if that's because there are just so many more repos than before or because there are so few used cars at the auction that suddenly it's easy for 50% of them to be repos. Which, which do you think it might be? Um, I think it's the latter. You think it's that there's so few used cars at the auction yes. that those that are making it there are repos. Yes, that the that fifty percent of them. If if there was the normal supply of used cars at the auctions as what we have seen historically, that fifty percent number might only be thirty five percent or forty percent. But because there is such a dearth of used cars waiting to go through the auction lanes that anytime you have any type of increase in repos, it, it seems to be um, more exaggerated because you have fewer cars there to begin with. You could be onto something. I will say Cox actually, and thank you Cox, they put out data. This was back from June 7th pops. Loan defaults and repossessions returned to historical norms in 2022. What they do here is they show, let me read this. While yeah. the volume of repossessed vehicles at Mannheim auctions increased nearly 11% in 2022 compared to the previous year, it still remained below the level seen in 2020. It was more than 25% lower than the volume in 2019. Considering the repo check-ins were at an all-time low in 2021, the increase in 2022 was expected and not alarming. Mm-hmm. So this is showing you if 2019, it doesn't give us the exact number. Yes. In 2019, if there were 100 repo cars that came to the auctions in 2019, 78 came in 2020, 66 came in 2021, and we bounced back up to 74 in 2022. Mm-hmm. The likelihood that we see when the 2023 data rolls around, which these are all trailing indicators, they all come out. In this case, this will come out in June of next year. So Can't it's wait. really trailing. Yes. You know, the likelihood that that's going to be 150%, it's not. No. So we are seeing more repos, but I think you could be on to something with regards to we're seeing more repos simply as a, as a percentage, of, as a percentage of vehicles offered at the auction, simply because there is a shortage of an overall shortage of vehicles being auctioned. And here you go. You've got the historical data here on default and repossession rate. So we're seeing two divergent stories. One is that delinquency rates, which are the leading indicator for defaults and repossessions, are mm-hmm. up through the roof. And again, banks are then selling off their loans. And then you have the trailing indicators, the next step in that, you know, if the journey is I buy a car, I finance a car, and then I stop paying it, the first indicator is delinquency rate. The next indicator is default. And then the next indicator is repo. Yes. So we've seen like truly the highest levels we've ever seen of delinquency rates, but we haven't seen the subsequent rise in defaults and repossessions, but the data is showing it is starting to go back up, excuse me, and to the right. One piece of this yes. that I think is very, very important for us to talk about. I wasn't here on Tuesday, so we didn't have a show. I know. The Black Book data, Dad. Shocking. It is shocking. Literally. I mean, you you know, people might think I was joking when I used the term shocking. But what we're about to discuss, these shocking. numbers are shocking. Shocking. Wholesale used car values. Yes. Down 1.5% after the prior week being down 1.5%. Yes. If you are a used car dealer or a new car dealership that sells used cars, 
and you're looking at your V-Auto velocity pricing, mm -hmm. you have to be thinking about lowering retail prices of used cars because in two weeks, vehicles have lost, I mean, if it's an expensive vehicle that lost 3% of its value, you could be talking over $1,000, mm -hmm. more than $1,000, $1,500, $2,000 in just two weeks. Dad. We have seen huge declines at the wholesale markets. Well, the reason it's shocking is look what the average was for the same week from 2017 through 2019. Um, they historically lost about a fifth of a point. Okay. That's what? Almost eight times. It's almost eight times. It's yes. seven and a half times, times more depreciation at the wholesale level in one week than would be normal pre-pandemic. -pre and it is not normal for cars to lose one and a half percent value on a weekly basis no. at, on a wholesale level. Um, if if that happens for the entire month, that's what a six percent decline just in the month of of August. That's insane. Well, that's one of my favorite words. It's not sustainable. Or as as people often ask me to say, that's inconceivable. It really is inconceivable. Okay. I mean, those are some some incredibly large weekly declines in value. Now, the important thing to remember is that there has been absolutely no correlation between the decline in wholesale values and any type of substantial decline in retail values. So what's happening is dealers are able to replenish their used car inventory at a much lower cost factor while still asking all the money in the world for the vehicles they have. So it's actually increasing the dealer's profit margins on these cars in comparison to their other cars. It could, but we, I know you're saying there's absolutely no correlation. We'll go down further in the Black Book data. We're seeing a, a smidgen a smidgen of retail pricing coming down. We're seeing a bigness, a lot. We're seeing a lot of wholesale declines and a smidgen of retail declines. The two are not correlating closely at all. That being said, Dad, how yeah. much longer can that go on? I know you and I have this debate frequently, but this data from BlackBook is, yeah. I mean, let's let's look at some of the segments of vehicles. This is shocking. Yeah. Two and a half percent declines week over week in wholesale values for compact cars. Okay. And at the same exact time, compact cars are going extinct in the new car market. Automakers are just getting rid of them. Yes. I mean, that can't go on for too Kia, much longer. Kia just announced they're going to discontinue the Rio, yeah, at least have, in the States. In the States, yeah. The Mitsubishi Mirage, no yes. longer under $20,000. Yeah. So we are seeing 2.5% declines in compact cars. That has to. At, at a certain point, supply and demand, it has to demonstrate itself in retail prices. There's no doubt in my mind. We've already started to see it a little bit with full-size pickup trucks, and let's do it, Dad. Full-size pickup trucks down another 1.34% mm -hmm. week over week. Look at minivans. Do you remember when, what was it, like 70, six, 70 weeks in a, in a row? row where it, they just went up in value? That's a huge decline. Um, you know, week over week, they they lost about $400 in, in wholesale value. Hard to just, some of these numbers are just really hard to fathom. Yeah, absolutely they are. Yeah. And to make sense of and and you know you would think that there would be 
a decline in retail pricing, but we just haven't seen it. And this has been going on. If you go back to the uh, to the black book data, the top chart, this one, you you can see that you know we've been having declines in wholesale values for quite some time now. But we haven't we for for the ten percent decline in wholesale values up until this most recent time. Yep, I think it was an eleven percent decline in wholesale values. We've seen a half of a percent decline in retail values on an eleven percent decline in wholesale values. So when I say there hasn't been an appreciable decline that's in mean. in retail asking prices, that's what I mean in comparison to these wholesale values and. And yeah, you would think, logically, you would think that at some point that will be reflected in retail asking prices so that the dealers can turn their inventory more quickly. However, if there aren't as many wholesale cars available, and if approximately 50% of the wholesale cars that are available are repos, well, then perhaps the dealers are thinking to themselves, I'd like to hold out for all the money in the world on these nicer cars, because when I go to replace them, I'm going to have to replace them with crap. Yeah, you could be onto something, but I want to start to break this down a little bit, Pops, by type of vehicle. I think okay. we are in divergent markets, and we're going to come to the chat here well, we always are. in just a second. All yeah. right, so here we go. We're on the CarEdge.com car search, and I've selected, we're here in Arizona, Scottsdale, Arizona. Oh, one of my favorite places. Used to live there. And, I, and I toggled BMWs, Deb. Okay. And what I want to look at is I want to do days on market greater than 90. Because okay. if a car has been sitting for over 90 days, you've yeah. got to think we've seen some price decline, some interest from the dealer to move the metal. You would think. Here is a, a 2016 BMW 4 Series. 229 days that this dealer has been advertising it for sale. Let's take a quick peek, Pops. 45 days supply in there, so not a ton yeah. of them for sale. But I want to look at the price history. All right, let's see. So they originally listed this for sale right here back in March, $25,995. Talk about not seeing an appreciable decline. They're only down to 20, they're down $1,000. In, in five months. All right, let's go back. Let's look at another one. That's Scottsdale Car Company. Let's yeah. find a different, different dealer here. This one is Performance Motors. I don't want that. I want like a, a typical... You want like a BMW deal? Here we go. Volkswagen North Scottsdale. Oh, I I used to work right next to them. All right, Pops. They've had this BMW 5 Series, a 2020, 26,000 miles, 132 days that they've been advertising this for sale. 132 days. Yeah. Not a lot for sale in the area. We think there's maybe $1,900 in, in discount that you could get on this vehicle. But let's take a quick peek. Let's come down here. Let's come down here. They started advertising this vehicle for sale. The latest or the first uh, price that we had was back in July at forty thousand yes. seven hundred and ninety. Look, and then that. they were wait, 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 but they were nice enough just uh, a week ago to raise it to forty three thousand because well, it hadn't sold at thirty seven nine. Is that just a way to get like price drops on some of the the listings oh, websites? Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, I see it when I when I look at realtor.com. Yeah, you know. But this is an example, Dad. This is a this is a meaningful decline. This is ten percent off of. of well, what was price. the original was was forty thousand seven ninety, and they're down to 
That's to, a 10% decline. Yeah, they're down to 37,000 today. Now that could change. That, that might go up to 48. Well, <laughs> no, yeah, no, I hear yeah. you. I hear you. But, yeah. but I think my point being that <clears throat> in some of the markets, we actually are seeing some more downward pressure yes. on retail prices versus uh, you know, But, but are we seeing not. that more on, on luxury cars? Well, the reason I pulled up luxury is I saw this comment in the chat from Igor. Luxury car market is coming down quite a bit, especially on pre-owned, and it's very noticeable. I haven't talked to the coaches. I haven't asked them if we've seen more negotiability on luxury vehicles versus, you know, like more mm -hmm. uh, cost-efficient uh, vehicles. That being said, the wholesale numbers at BlackBook are shocking to say the least. And I think if we see them again next week, alarm bells. Alarm bells are going off for used car managers nationwide because they're looking at the industry publication <laughs> saying you cannot go to the auction and flip a car and make money. You're going to lose money. And the other thing that that going off in used car managers' heads is that they can share with their new car managers and their sales staff that wholesale values are dropping like a rock. Okay. And so the the salespeople will start mentioning that to customers. Totally. Oh my you, you won't believe the the drop in wholesale values we've seen the past couple of weeks. And and then the used car manager will just really uh, offer a low ball number for the trade uh, because. Oh, yeah. Trade. <laughs> although I was talking to our partner over at CarWiser, we have seen uh, carage.com slash sell. If you are going to trade in a car or if you're going to sell a vehicle, please get multiple competitive offers mm -hmm. in your best interest. We have car, caredge.com slash sell for that. I was talking to our, our counterpart over at CarWiser, and he was saying things of like, Flatlined, okay. like they're at a plateau. Values have stopped dropping, and they've hit now kind of like a new normal. That being said, if each week there's a one and a half percent decline at the wholesale auctions, yeah, the new normal, the new normal is going to become another normal. new normal, yes. another new normal. Yes. JMac reminding us that. Let me pull this up on the screen. Weren't yes. we watching wholesale values increase one and a half percent per week two years ago? A hundred percent. Yes. The market is totally different today. Yes. Than it was two years ago, and that's good news for most yeah. consumers. Yeah, and, and the but the real problem is th that. As we saw wholesale prices going up one and a half percent a week, and we saw them go up uh, about fifty percent in the course of a year. Yeah, retail prices went up about thirty-five or forty percent, and so the retail pricing wasn't quite commensurate with what the wholesale pricing was. And now we're seeing the retail pricing lag so far behind the declines in wholesale pricing that I don't know. I think I, I, I know logically my mind says, yeah, retail prices have to come down, but there hasn't been anything logical about what we have seen over the last three years. I hear you, Bob. I want to come to Chad's comment here. Yes. Customers are really holding top of mind what their vehicles were worth six to 12 months ago, harder to make deals. Chad is not the only person yeah. that I've heard this from. This is a common theme. Customers come in and they think their trade-in is going to be worth $30,000 and then they're being offered twenty two. dollars yes. And there's a huge letdown because they think they have equity. We are seeing trade-in values fall off. Again, our counterpart at CarWiser says they've flatlined, but still, they're I, going down. I can assure you, having been in the business for 43 years, that customers always overvalued their vehicles. Okay, they always felt that the value of their vehicle was substantially higher than it really was. And, you know, I used to try to suggest to customers that when I go to sell your trade, 
I can't say to the, the potential buyer, do you have any idea whose car this was? This was Jimmy Smith's car. He really took great care of this car. Yeah. I mean, we had to pay extra because it was Jimmy Smith's car. Well, the next buyer doesn't give a damn that it was Jimmy Smith's car. <laughs> totally. You know, so so the sentimental value that a customer might have for their vehicle doesn't translate into real values. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely right. <clears throat> Again, please, please, please. We have um, a free guide. Just Google search Car Edge Trade-In Guide. We've got a free guide on how to maximize the value of your trade-in. But don't be surprised if it's but not. But Jimmy Smith's were. car really was always nice. Jimmy yeah. Smith's car was <laughs> always nice. All right. We're going to turn our attention here, Dad. There was yes. a story in automotive news that I think is worth mentioning. And then we're going to do our favorite segment of the show. Okay. Lenders must apply F&I refunds after vehicles repossessed or totaled, New York says. <laughs> So, for example, folks, if yes. you were to buy an extended warranty from a car dealer or, heck, even from us, yeah, if you buy any of those products, if you cancel those products, there's typically a prorated refund, so you get your money back. What this law is saying is that if your vehicle is totaled or repossessed, it's mandatory that that money goes back to the consumer, which is a no-brainer, yes. an absolute no-brainer. Many people don't know that you can even get a refund if you were to cancel a service contract Gap insurance. Uh, uh, I don't know about gap insurance, yeah, but even, yeah, gap yeah. insurance, tire and wheel protection, etc. Yeah, glad to see this headline. Well, and 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 the the really funny part is is obviously the bank knows um, what protection packages were sold and packaged into the loan, and the bank knows uh, that they repossessed it. So this is really like a no brainer. Uh, you know, but but banks just figure well, we don't want to go through all this aggravation. You know, the customer couldn't bother to pay. Why the hell should we have to go through all this aggravation to get them their refunds? It's your responsibility. That's why. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, cancel my extended warranty.com. You'll never guess who owns that. It's us, the team at Car Edge. We're here to help you get those refunds yes. should you choose to cancel. Let's switch to our favorite segment. Oh, really? You gotta be kidding me! All right, this keeps coming up, and okay. I just want to make another public stand about how frustrated I am to see this. This is over on Twitter. Yes, um, I am at Chefska over here. Yes. Another example of this ended up in my DMs, Dad. When did Toyota dealers decide to stop using MSRP? This is confusing and stupid. Yeah, we are seeing all over Toyota dealers. This is exclusively to Toyota thus far. Exclusively to Toyota that I've seen this. Total SRP. Yeah. The amount of DMs, quote tweets, everything, emails I've gotten, Dad, of yeah. people saying, I saw this and I was super confused. What is it? Reiterates to me how dumb it is yes. that there is not some sort of mandated, we call standard? it, yes, yeah, standard. We call it manufacturer's suggested retail price, not total suggested retail price. Who's suggesting it? Yes. Who's suggesting it? Is it and, now like. Well, and is the total suggested retail price, is that. The manufacturer suggested retail price plus dealer installed accessories. Think about, how, think about how confusing this is. What this screenshot is showing us is that a dealer is discounting a vehicle by five hundred dollars. Five hundred dollars from what? Yes, from a made-up total SRP. That's if it was five hundred dollars off of MSRP, we would all understand it. Yeah, it's a common language. It makes it clear clearer. There's still confusion about what MSRP is. We get those questions all the time. Can I negotiate MSRP? No, the MSRP is set. You can't negotiate that. But MSRP. you can negotiate the price 
the selling price lower than the MSRP, but you cannot get them to change what the, the MSRP because that's on the window sticker. That's the manufacturer's suggested retail price that's on the window sticker. Yes, you can negotiate a price lower than that, but, but, but you can't get them to adjust the MSRP, especially if you say you were considering leasing a vehicle. And the, okay, But the point I'll is, stop. the point yes. is, what is SRP? Who comes up with SRP? Is, does SRP mean something different than from Toyota than it does if you're looking at an MSRP over at Honda? To I, me, like, I like Chad's To me, Dad, yes. this is something that needs to get attention drawn to it more and more and more before it becomes proliferated throughout the industry. We have a standard. Use the standard. It's been the standard for like ever. Um, and... You know, the world is populated with a lot of very creative people who try to find ways around having to utter the truth. And this is just one of those ways. What What if, instead of referring to it as the manufacturer's suggested retail price, we just refer to it as the total suggested retail price? What the, just, it has to be. The manufacturer suggested retail price. That's what it is. That levels the playing field for everybody, so every everybody can understand what that is. Yeah, and and Sergio is right. We are going to see everyone's window stickers. Please, if you're new car shopping and you don't see a window sticker, let us know. Let us know where it was. Go to the community forum, share that information because you have to have window stickers on new cars so that we can essentially just make sure that this online advertising BS practice yes. isn't actually proliferating in real life when you go there. All right, You have to make sure that you can see the MSRP. All right, Pops, one other thing I'll mention, we've got the Car Edge uh, promotion between now and the end of the month, or actually through Labor Day, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, through September the 4th, September I, the 4th. I recorded the promo. You weren't here, so I just I just extended it from the end of the month, at least through Labor Day. So check out CarEdge.com. Yes. That's all the various ways that we can help Please both on the service me. service contracts and also yes. our team there to help. We'll be back tomorrow, so stay tuned for tomorrow's show. Yes, but everyone, go enjoy enjoy the afternoon, enjoy the day. Well, I I have work to do today. I have I have some coaches interviews to do today, um, as as I've been doing all week long. So. I'm looking forward to that, but I'm looking forward to seeing everybody back here tomorrow, say at noon Eastern, 9 Pacific, 8 a.m. in Anchorage, and 6 a.m. in Honolulu. Thanks, Pops. See you guys. Hey, I forgot all about Manila. Not today, man. Which rhymes with vanilla.